everyone. Welcome back to Girls with Dogs. This is Kimberly, the blogger behind Keep the Tail Wagging, and I'm here with my dear friend, Kathy, the blogger behind Groovy Golden Doodles, and we are here once again to talk about our dogs. What's up, Kathy? Oh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> Lord, you okay? <laughs> just so much. It's just so much. It just all kind of came out like together. I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm tired, but I'm good. I um, Yeah. The weather turned, the weather turned. It was so beautiful this past week with the sun and I was walking the dogs like every day, sometimes twice a day. I got up and walked the dogs this morning because I'm committed to getting us on a really good schedule and Zoe needs to lose some weight. It was so cold. (laughs) It was so cold out there. Apparently the snow's supposed to be coming back, which Johan told me it would, but I didn't believe him. And, but it is cold out there today, but I'm, I'm proud of myself for still getting the walk done because I didn't want to. Well, I'm, I'm, I got a question for you. Okay. So I, my book, the forever dog is at work. So I, I don't have it here to reference, but let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard of, or have you ever given your dogs green tea? I have heard of green tea and people giving their dogs green tea. Um, I know that there's a lot of, what's it called? People who disagree with that because of the caffeine in green tea. And we're not supposed to be giving our dogs caffeine. I've used green tea on Rodrigo years and years ago when I was just getting into trying to cure things at home. And there was a recipe of water, green tea, and I think apple cider vinegar mixed together and you must put their paws in it to stop the itching. No, you know, I'm just noticing that a lot of people, and of course I'm on social media. So let me just clean that up because this is where (laughs) you see all of this stuff. Right. But, um, I just noticed that there's this, an abundance of household products or things that we have in our kitchen, I should Mm say, uh, that, that everybody is, is telling us how this can lower heart disease or liver inflammation or protect our dogs against cancer and help them lose weight, you know? uh, And I'm just saying, is it green tea? Is it a coconut mask on the paw? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) It just seems like there's so much stuff inundating us. Now, I am okay with reading it and then just doing the research because it fascinates me. And then you and I talk about it. But I often wonder and worry about the person who does not know and doesn't have a good village to communicate with and sees these things and starts doing these things, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's my, that's my rant. Yeah. Well, I agree. I, I have, I struggle with it only because I remember when I was brand new to raw feeding and I was trying to do everything, every single thing that I saw people doing, I was trying to do it. And Um, I moved Mm -hmm. past that and it, and I started focusing more on what my dogs needed and, and educating myself about my individual dogs. But I found myself right back in that place when Sydney was diagnosed with cancer in 2020, where I was throwing everything at my girl. And I actually had to stop myself because I knew she was dying and I was actively making the last 
weeks that she had with me miserable for her because I was so desperately trying to pull out a miracle because I kept reading about, oh, if you do this, then da da da. And, and people were telling me some really wild things that I could do. And whether I'm not going to say whether it, you know, may, it did work for them, obviously, but um, I just, you know, I love all of the education that's available to us. I got a kick out of reading The Forever Dog. What I'm now seeing, and it's not everybody, but it's just a few people who are basically trying to take every single thing in that book and apply it to their dogs. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of like, are you sure that th- that that's the right thing to do? Because first of all, it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be expensive. Um, and how do you know if it is going to work? And are you improving the quality of your dog's life by doing these things? Like, are you making your dog happier? Cause it's not just about making them healthier. They need to have a happy life too. And, um, I don't want my dogs running from me because I'm constantly poking and prodding at them. And I don't I, I want just, to take yeah. you know, 30 minutes to make dinner because I'm adding every single, you know, food, powder, pill, whatever, because, you know, I'm just so desperately trying to extend their lives. And I think that there, there just needs to be some type of balance that people, everyone needs to find. I just feel sorry for the people who, like I said, do not have mm-hmm. um, that good, good village, that network. Um, and they, they look at these things and I'm not coming, I'm not coming down on any source at all. Yeah. Because I am not an expert. I'm not a veterinarian or anything like that. But yeah, it just seems like every time I look at something, it's some magical potion. That is- <laughs> well, I think one thing that people don't understand is that it's not about um, like this, these books and, and these influencers who do lives and all that. It's not about they're not giving us, okay, here's the game plan. This is what we all need to be doing in order to extend our dog's lives. No, they're just telling us things that we could be doing. And so depending upon our lifestyle and what we have available to us, where we live and everything like that, we can take this big mountain of information and pull out what makes most sense for us. Like for instance, you know, one thing that, and this is from a long time ago, Rodney and I had this conversation, um, Rodney Habib, and he's one of the authors of the forever dog. And he was telling me about, um, you know, the circadian rhythm and how for humans, it's important to eat within a time period. And it's kind of like connected to intermittent fasting. And Mm -hmm. um, so we're eating between um, like, you know, for me, for instance, I'm going to eat between 10, 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. And then the rest of the time is just going to be a fast. I can drink water. I can drink tea with no sugar, but otherwise I'm not eating. And the whole idea is that every single time your body is processing food, um, you're actually turning on the machine that is kicking out all the cells and all that. And that includes the cancer cells because it doesn't know the difference between a healthy cell and an unhealthy cell. So you want to limit that. And and that's like a completely way low basic explanation. But, um, but I, I like the idea of it and it made sense to me because it's like, you know, at the time I was doing intermittent fasting and, and feeling the benefits of it. And I was like, well, then 
start feeding your dogs this way. So today I feed my dogs starting at 9 a.m. and they don't get any food after 6 p.m. And that's just the the rules of the house. But, um, you know, so that's one thing that I took from, you know, what I've learned from Rodney and from that book that applies to my dog. But if I worked, I work from home. So it's easy for me to do that. When I worked from an office, I didn't have that because I had a long commute into the office and everything. So I had to feed my dogs at 5 a.m. And then they didn't eat again until like 6 p.m. So I couldn't do the whole. And so I felt like, damn, my dogs aren't benefiting from this really great thing, but it, it just wasn't something I could do it with my lifestyle. So instead of trying to incorporate everything that we hear about, we should just focus on what works for our lives and not beat ourselves up because we can't do the rest. I'm not fasting. <laughs> Is that all you took from that? <laughs> I'm too old. I'm not, no, I'm not. Actually, I did a spiritual fast two weeks ago. Um, uh, it was a week-long thing that I was doing with my my virtual church. Shout out to St. So Paul. How did that Community work, though? So did you just, just drink water or? Um, Yes. Are you allowed some things? No, you are not allowed to eat. Now, let me just say this. There was um the fast was only for one day. It was a it was a cleansing, um, a spiritual cleansing that went from Monday to Friday, um, which was community prayer at 714 every morning and 714 in the evening. But on Wednesday, there was no eating until 714 that night. And I thought this will be a little easier for me because I work from home on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Well, probably about two thirty, I was in here talking to the Lord. Like, <laughs> hey, hey! Um, I had a cup of coffee on that morning. I did take my, you know, blood pressure medicine and my sinus thing, whatever that is, Zyrtex. Mm-hmm. Is it called Zyrtex? Yeah, it's one of them. You know, one time I went to the pharmacy and I asked for, what's the other one that begins with a Z when you... Zycam? No, girl. It has nothing to do with allergies. It has to do with keeping your mental health. Um, yeah. Anyway, when I asked for it, he said, you need a prescription. And I said, you do not. <laughs> and, I, and he looked at me like, oh, call somebody because she's... It's having like, a rage. I'm going to have and, another one of these days. <laughs> I was like, you do not need it for this. But, um, but anyway, uh, the fast was not that difficult um, until about two, two 30. I did it. I survived. And at seven 30, I was one happy person, but, um, and I, it's okay to say it's difficult because people, a lot of times talk about fasting for whatever the reasons are health, whether it's something that you're doing spiritually, whatever the reason. And they always <laughs> seem to say, you know, Oh, piece of cake, no big deal. Well, I'm here to tell you it's a sacrifice as it's supposed <laughs> to be. And it is a big deal. And I'm very proud of myself that you I, should be because I survived hard. it. But, and also, um, we, I we, think not even if, but I want to get to your dogs. Okay. Five to six is not a difficult time. I, I really think that 5 a.m. to 6 p.m. I mean, those are the two t- times a day that your dogs get to eat. And I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but I think that if that's the schedule, that's their schedule. Yeah. I mean, there the was nothing is. you could do about that. If you were to go back into the office next week, 
<gasps> God forbid. I, I know, know you're in, you're enjoying staying home. You yeah. have to go back to that. Yep. Um, though now, but I say all of that, but I cringe at the thought of making my dogs a one meal a day dog. Mm-hmm. And I know that <laughs> there are some people who do that Yep. Uh, because of their lifestyle. And as adults, you certainly could double up what you would yep. feed them in two meals and give it to them. Oh, one meal a day is fantastic because you basically are fasting your dog on a daily basis. I know plenty of people who feed their dogs that way. I think the, I don't, because I just don't, because I've always fed twice a day and it's just a habit that I haven't been interested in changing. Um, I know a friend of mine, Scott, he used to feed once a day. He was actually the first person that I met that fed once a day. And, um, but when he got a puppy, puppies can't be fed once a day. So he stopped feeding once a day um, and just never went back again. So, you know, if it was against the law to humanize the domesticated dogs, I would get a lifetime sentence because (laughs) um, I always, I just, I, I, and I, I can't help it. I was born human. That's the only thing that I have any, like reference with, but do you know that my dogs eat when I eat? <laughs> like I will feed them breakfast and then we'll go for a wonderful walk and we'll sing and we'll dance. And I'll let Harley pee on every single bush, blade of grass he chooses. Cause I have nothing to do. Right. <laughs> then I come back and I shower and I fix my breakfast. And when I sit down, then they get a piece of cheese or a piece of vegetable or if I'm really having a good morning, a commercial treat, but they eat when I eat. And and here's my rationale. When I do that, I've never had an issue with them begging at the table for food. Yeah. Now I could have probably trained them not to beg at the table for food, but it just made sense. Hence why they get dessert in the evening. They have their dessert when I'm having my dinner Hmm. because it's all about them and I take care of them first. Yeah. And then when I sit down and have dinner, they get their dessert. And when they're done with their dessert, they just leave the room. Nobody's panting and hanging under the table for, for something that I may or may not drop. Yeah. So I don't I don't I don't know any other way to do it. But they have two meals a day, seven and four thirty. My dogs don't beg for me because I don't ignore I I don't acknowledge them. I just ignore it and go about my business and they just lay down and relax. But when Johan eats, they beg from him big time and he gets so mad. But the reason why is because he when they were puppies, he thought it was cute to give them food. You and I would tell so, them, and, I, and, I, I, and I'm so mad because I had, I used to have a video, but I, I deleted it by accident when Zoe was a puppy and he's letting Zoe eat off his plate. And he's like talking about how cute she is. And I, in the video, I'm like, this is cute now, but in a oh, yeah. few years from now, you're going to be mad when she jumps up and snatches something off your plate. So, and, and that's just it is like, you know, he, he would just, you know, he would, feed them off of his plate. And I would tell him, don't do that because you're, you're telling them that this is okay. And, you know, so now, he, you know, he has to get into the, um, no, we don't have any begging going on. There's, there's no begging, but, um, but they definitely do understand that, you know, Hey, the humans are going to eat. That means we're going to get something. Yeah. And, um, and that's okay with me. Cause it's really never anything major. It is just the fact that they've got something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they kind of enjoy that. 
Oh, I see you changed your profile picture on your um, Facebook page. Yeah, I was having a good hair day. So I you were with the cute little um, curl in the front of your forehead. Yeah. Oh, everybody, whip out your phones. (laughs) Go to Facebook and look at keep the tail wagging. Look at the corkscrew curl coming down the middle of Kimberly's face. Uh, I was having a good I was having a good hair day. It doesn't happen often. So I went ahead and took a picture of it. A good hair day. But, you know, um, like I said, my dogs don't beg, but you are a witness mm-hmm. that Harley is going to nag the hell out of me if we talk beyond our time. <laughs> I just saw him leave the room. So maybe oh. <laughs> he walked out. No, Jax is, is on yep. the bed right now. He's, uh-huh. he's, he's watching the clock. <laughs> We have the Southeastern Wildlife Expedition going on in Charleston this weekend. And um, I may walk down later on this afternoon to look at the dock divers. Have you ever seen them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are pretty impressive. Yeah, we used always... to have it here. We used to have um, dock diving events here in the summertime, but we don't anymore. I, I actually... Um, thought about jacks for a fleeting moment and then i said who am i kidding <laughs> i thought we thought about doing scout in that because he loves swimming same with apollo but we have our ponds and we just let him swim what sucks right now our little um adventure is the ducks came back we have a a couple a duck couple um that comes and breeds in our ponds every year and we don't like them to come and breed in our ponds every year because Why? Some, because sometimes they'll abandon, if they are too stressed out, they'll leave and abandon their ducklings. That's where and, you come in at. Uh, yeah, we try to, because it's it's very hard to get the ducklings out. And last year, I, the, I think sh- the mother duck saved a few of the ducklings, but there were a couple that she didn't get to and predators got to them before we could get to them. Because we were like trying to stay away and wait for her to come back. But when it looked like she wasn't coming back, we were like, we had a call around to find out where can we take, we were going to capture this duck. Where can we take it? And then when we went out ready to capture the duck, it was gone. You know, between your predator stories (laughs) and your gigantic mushrooms, I don't know. I just envision (laughs) these five, like your own private Jurassic Park. I mean, it's like, like you got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could I could salvage the first part. <laughs> yeah, so we're back. It was my fault. I was I must have been plus messing around with my ear things, and I hit mute on my. I don't even think that they should have mute buttons. Why are you apologizing uh, if you're going to just like delete this? Because I don't want to delete it. I'm going at it. Ah, oh, dang. Here we go. Yep. I'm just just, going to clean it up a little bit. So it's not that bad. I'm just going to clean it up. There isn't going to be a a big 10 minute block of silence of us going, can you hear me now? Can you, can you hear me? I meant to ask you though, you, I saw where you had ordered the book. Um, understanding my dog. Have you read Uh it yet? No, but I do have it. Okay. Just (laughs) because I was going to ask you what you thought so far. No, I am going to dig into it, but just not yet. Oh, okay. So you're not <laughs> sure yet. Yep. Who's behind oh, you? That's Lee. He just came in and then he just walked right back out. 
<laughs> I thought it was your son. No, I he's like, I didn't not. know they were in town. They're not. They're not. They're still up north, you know, dealing with your kind of weather. It was seven, <laughs> it was 76 degrees yesterday. Oh, shut up. Don't nobody want to hear that nonsense. But now it's like 60-ish. So so we have a guest today and I'm pretty excited about our guest today because we are going to be talking about spaying and neutering dogs. Yes. So should I let her in? Yes, you can go ahead and let her in now. Okay, I'll, I'll let her in right now before something else goes wrong. Before something else happens. <laughs> well, welcome, Suzanne. You can go ahead and unmute your um you can unmute unmute your microphone because this is truly just <laughs> <laughs> it's a okay, bizarre. Okay. I'm working uh, on connecting. Oh, All she's right. connected. All she right. Is. All right. <sighs> Hello, hello, hello. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for joining us. (laughs) Okay, I see. I see the cows in the back. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Damn it. Are y'all going to let me do the introduction of what? I worked hard on this. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Fine. If you want to interject, uh, you know, me and Kimberly were getting to know each other. Oh, but wow. You know, this always this is happens. a Kathy show. So this is <laughs> you noticed, right? I'll go ahead and put myself on mute. Oh, I, I love you both. Uh-huh. I'm very happy to introduce for the first time having Dr. Suzanne Craig on the Girls with Dogs podcast. Dr. Craig works at the Medical University of South Carolina as the uh, one of the chief professors in the Animal Laboratory Veterinarian Services, and she also is a um, co-partner in the Hollywood Animal Hospital um, out in a place called Hollywood, South Carolina. It is a bit of a drive from the Charleston Peninsula, low country area, but it is certainly worth it. Her and Dr. Paul Johnson um, are two of my favorite veterinarians. They keep it real and they love all kinds of animals. So Dr. Craig is going to join us. Kimberly's going to unmute herself right now. <laughs> and um, I'm going to let Kimberly do all the talking because I know Dr. Craig, and I think this would be very interesting to listen to the two of them dialogue, but I wanted to have you all hear um, both experiences that Kimberly and I've had and from a professional perspective of all of the myths and the truths about neutering and spaying. You know, um, some people say, well, it's a big dog, so you have to wait. And other people say, you know, never do it in the fall. Um, so I, I just want to go ahead and, and clear some of those things up. Did somebody oh, yes, really say yes. that? Yes. <laughs> I can't make this stuff up. So, I mean, that sounds made up. Uh, no, <laughs> never Season, do it in the fall. Never do it in the fall. I don't understand like this with girl dogs. If there's something that happens when the seasons change, I don't know. I don't have a dog, girl dog. I never did. So, well, um, There are a lot of myths and I've heard them all so much so that I don't even discuss spaying and neutering my dogs. I don't blog about it anymore. I don't bring it up anymore simply because it gets everyone all riled up. And because I'm not a veterinarian, I don't have a skin in the game. 
I'm just like, y'all do you, I'm going to do me. And so with my dogs, I have four dogs, um, big dogs. They're um, between 60 and 70 pounds as adults. And they were all spayed and neutered around like three months, four months, up to seven, eight months, just depending upon like our youngest dog, he came to us at seven months old already altered. So I think it was done at three or four months old. The dogs that we have in our house were done between seven and eight months of age. And when I asked the veterinarians at the time, like, what do you think the best time was? It was kind of all over the place. It was like, you know, you can do it at three, four months. You can do it at seven, eight months, nine months. You can wait till a year. The biggest concern that the veterinarians expressed to me was keeping your dog from reproducing if you plan on waiting. And it's like, are you able to keep your dog protected? Because it's like, if you can keep your dog protected, then, you know, you can wait if you want to. But if you don't think that you can keep your dog protected, if your dog is roaming the neighborhood, if other dogs can roam into your yard, then maybe you need to consider um, having your dog spayed or neutered. So I'm excited to have you here today because the simple fact of the matter is (laughs) none of us really know. And I'm sorry, but if you are listening to us now and thinking to yourself, I know. No, you don't. None of us know. We're all figuring this out as, as we go along. You, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Replay. Could you try that again? What did you say? As if you're listening and you think, you know, you don't. You don't. I have, everyone thinks they know everything. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's what social media is. You get a Facebook account and Facebook also gives you an honorary medical degree, veterinarian degree. You are a certified nutritionist. You're a politician. You're, you're a virologist. You're everything. Well, in this space, I'm going to let all y'all know, none of that is real. <laughs> we are all figuring this out as we go along. All right. So and my first we, question. We have my, a professional here that we can actually ask the questions. My first question <laughs> is, Dr. Craig, does neutering and spaying have any relevance to this, the age of the dog? Within respective of don't do it until the dog reaches fill in the blank age. And then is that predicated based on the breed, based on the size or the weight of the dog? Or the season that we're in. Or the season. (laughs) (laughs) The season, um, I actually have never heard that one. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm, it's the people that I hang out with. I just want to go to the vet just to say that. And with a straight face, and we're like, well, it's summertime, and I don't really feel comfortable yeah. because. <laughs> so, um, this is going to be our last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never be together again. No, um, so, so Kimberly, um, what is interesting is the the veterinarians did give you pretty much sound advice. If if you don't think that you can protect your dog and you're not interested in having pups, then you probably need to get it sooner rather than later, okay? Now, in uh, 2020, there was an article that was published and they looked at different breeds of dogs. They looked at the size of the dog, they looked at bone growth, um, they looked at all sorts of things, hormone levels, et cetera. 
And it turns out different breeds should be spayed or neutered at different ages. Okay. And in general, and this is just general terms, the trend is the larger breeds you wait until later. But never in the fall. <laughs> in fact, always in the fall. There it is. No, it, it has nothing to do with, with the time of year. I, I've never actually <laughs> heard that one. That's okay. That's pretty amazing. Okay. Disclaimer, dis, disclaimer, I thought this, this was going to be a, re- a why, I don't know. I thought this was going to be a real serious conversation. So I I made up the season thing to lighten it up. But I see there's I no, there is no need for lightning. He's so, a liar. What a liar. I knew it. No, a liar would have been if I didn't tell you the truth. She but I was, I was just like, I, I literally was like, try to understand where this, per- I was going to, after this, Google it to find out. Yeah, this was random. And, and make them know. And I was just going to light them up. It's like, don't be putting this information out there. This is wrong. But look, look how it just, ex- it just elevated, ignited the conversation. See? Yeah. But everyone's going to walk away from this understanding that the seasons have nothing to do with the spay and neuter decision. Because there's somebody out there. There's somebody out there. Yes. Oh, I, just, I, I believe And it. we have just, but I'm going to wear oil on their head right now. <laughs> <laughs> their ears, their ears are burning. They're like, damn, <laughs> what's going on? Well, okay. So I have a question for you. One thing is I have, I have t- three boys and one girl. And, um, my girl, I swear she can look at something fattening and gain two pounds. And my, I had a girl, she passed away in 2020. She was the exact same way. She can walk through the room. And if I'm eating a cookie, she will put on a pound. And it's just like, what is it? Or I mean, is there a correlation between spaying our female dogs and easy weight gain? Not necessarily, not necessarily. So part of that actually has to do with um, you uh, exercising. Uh, (laughs) I totally made that. I really convinced myself that, see, and this is why I don't talk about these topics anymore because I don't know. I literally convinced myself that the reason why my female dogs gain weight so easily is because I spayed them too early. And I mean, and it was about, you know, seven, eight months of age, but I was convinced, see, people told me I should have waited until they were two years old and they'd be fine. So, um, I have, and this is just anecdotal. It's not scientific male cats mm-hmm. after neutering often put on weight. Oh, but that's we're talking about dogs. So, yeah. mm, no. so <laughs> I'd like to interject. Yes. I, I can halfway defend my season statement because according, oh, to, <laughs> according to Mr. Google, you know where the season part comes in at? Huh? Okay. They're referring to heat season. Okay. Okay. Just saying that. Now that didn't confuse me, but I'm just putting it out there. But do okay. all dogs go into heat at the same time? No. Or around no. the same time? No. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, so now 
I also am on the board of directors of a local rescue and we get puppies in all the time and they are spayed and neutered as puppies. And we do get some flack from this because I remember there was a a study on golden retrievers, I think it was, or was it Labradors? Mm -hmm. Like it was golden retrievers where the people took from that study that if you spay and neuter too early, then your dog is going to have joint issues down the line. And one of the executive directors of our, um, what's it called? Our rescue. She had two, it was a Labradors. She has two Labradors. One was neutered later. One was neutered at eight weeks old. They Mm -hmm. both had, um, what is it? What is that thing with the knees that dogs get? Osteoporosis or something? (laughs) No. The the cruciate joint? The issue with cruciate? Yes, exactly. They both had cruciate tear. So it's just sort of like, I mean, and granted, two dogs does not make a study, (laughs) but it does raise the question of, is that something we should be concerned about when, you know, we're spaying and neuter puppies in the rescue world so young? So rescue is a completely different dynamic. The point of the rescue is to keep the population reduced. So I am not going to say don't don't neuter and spay those dogs. Mm-hmm. This is I, I'm talking about uh, pets that are with their owners, mm-hmm. and the owner is going to be responsible for that pet for the duration of that animal's life. The rescue is a whole different dynamic, a different organization, and yes, you need to spay and neuter as soon as possible and ensure not to release those pets. Mm-hmm. to the rescue, the person who's going to rescue them, unless they are spayed and neutered or without the promise of yeah. spayed. I mean, that's what we've, because we've um, sadly have had the experience of people breeding their puppies. Um, mm-hmm. The only time we actually do the promise is for the larger breed dogs. Mm-hmm. And then it's just sort of like, we need you to, <clears throat> here's a certificate. You need to send this back to us. When you get this done, we'll give you this deposit back. Yeah, I'm making that last part up. I don't know what the rules are. That's not my, I, my area. I am definitely so in support of the rescues doing their spay and neuters at the early age. That that just needs to be done. Um, you would be overwhelmed mm-hmm. if the spay and neuter organizations did not do this. So mm-hmm. back to the Labrador retrievers. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the males, neuter at around six months. Let them reach the six months. And this is not spay and rescue. This is somebody owning. Okay. Now with the females, the recommendation is around 11 months or older. So why is there a difference? Oh, that's a good question. Um, It it has to do with the hormone levels and bone development, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily the cruciate that that's um, it's, it's more about the the hormone levels. Okay. Okay. And the bone growth and making sure that the bones are solid as they age. And so when it comes to bone growth, is that strictly tied to the size of the dog then? Not necessarily because, um, let me see if I can find a small dog where they recommend a later, a later time. I'm gonna, uh, so a border collie is about a medium sized dog. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. 11 months for the female and 11 months for the male on them. Let me see if I can find another one. 
Cocker Spaniel. It says beyond 23 months for the female. Oh, wow. And six months for the males. Oh, wow. So it's so the, the information. Yeah, it's, I, that's what I was saying. It's not necessarily the larger the breed, but that's kind of a rule of thumb you can use, mm-hmm. but not necessarily. And um, I think I saw Bernie's Mountain Dog. Uh, you can choose when to spay the female. Like there is no timeline, makes no difference. Oh, wow. Okay. But yeah. the boys, you want to wait until they're 23 months, almost two years old. Oh, wow. So See, that's so interesting because I did not know that there, there was actually um, guidelines for the breeds. I mean, so that's so, pretty interesting. So this is relatively new. This article was published in 2020 and they actually mm-hmm. did an in-depth study on why and the wherefores and uh, what the expectations should be. And veterinarians are now using this as a guideline, but that doesn't mean, okay, you've got this imminent danger of some pups coming up. Okay, we we might go ahead and spay and neuter. Yeah. Um, So females go into heat, right? Mm -hmm. So what happens is uh, blood vessels engorge the uterus. And what um, veterinarians will say, you know, wait until that heat's over. But that doesn't preclude a female dog from from being spayed while she's in heat. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's just a veterinarian would be like, you know, it's going to be more expensive because I've got to tie off all these vessels now engorged going towards that uterus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So on the flip side, is there ever a time when it's too late? Uh, As far as how old the dog is? Yeah, to spay or neuter, period. So not necessarily. And the reason I say it that way, it depends on the health of the dog. Okay, so if you have a nice, healthy 13-year-old mutt, you can go ahead and spay. And it's probably a good thing. And the reason is the older they get, the likely they'll get a disease called pyometra, which literally means uh, pus in the uterus. Kind of gross, yeah. (laughs) What about the risk of different cancers because... um you know, failure to spay or neuter. I mean, some people say, oh, if you, if you spay and neuter too early, your dog can develop these cancers, or if you spay and neuter too late, your dog can develop these cancers. And so it's just like, I don't know. So you notice I didn't even talk about cancer. Mm -hmm, I did. (laughs) So cancer isn't necessarily related to spay and neuter. Um, Yes. With a male dog, you can probably get cancers associated with the increased level of testosterone, but it would be an older dog. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, The, the level of, of dogs getting cancer. One of the breeds that we look at that develops cancer is a boxer has nothing to do with being spayed or neutered. It's Mm -hmm. in the dog that they develop cancers. I think sometimes it's just that because cancer rates are so high that we are scrambling to find that answer so we can avoid it and avoid cancer. Cause I see that with diet. I see it with supplementation. <clears throat> I see it with, you know, people are, I don't buy anything from China because you know, and it's just like, oh. 
<laughs> are you sure you didn't, you haven't bought? Cause I, I'm pretty but Kimberly. Sure I don't have. know why your face had to, had to change like that. Because <laughs> I'm judging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um, judge people. <laughs> and what okay. is it? Sadly, whatever, if you own a boxer, it probably will develop cancer of some sort. It has nothing to do with diet, nothing to do with spay or neuter. It's, it's the breed of the dog. Yeah. yeah. Oh, why, why do we, again, you know, try to look at it from a human standpoint? I guess we just don't have any other reference. When we talk about it's so cruel, you know, not to, if you're not going to breed your dog, it's just cruel not to have him neutered because, I mean, he's just going to be frustrated. He's going to be angry. He's going to be aggressive. And I'm thinking, really? That's not necessarily the case. So in Europe, it is unusual to spay and neuter the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's just an American thing. And they don't have the 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 overpopulation like we have here. And right. I think it's also the difference is, you know, we we've managed to monetize, you know, puppies. And so, I mean, the number of people, which is why we're so focused on making sure, and I think a lot of rescue groups are focused on, we will only adopt out altered animals is because I have met the people who got a puppy and it was cute and the friend down the road had a puppy and it was cute. So they were going to make some money and make some puppies. And, and I'm looking at them like, do you, what if something goes wrong? Do you have a veterinarian? Are you, are you testing the dog for various things? And what are you calling this magical new breed that you've just created on your own for no apparent Mm -hmm. reason without any you know, but, you know, unfortunately that's just the world we live in, but I do find it fascinating that there is that huge difference between our culture and their culture. Right. Right. So one of the uh, things that you'll notice is people are taking better care of their pets. Mm -hmm. So they're living longer. Yep. So just like with humans, we're living longer. So Yes, we're going to get more diseases as we age. Yeah. Period. What are you doing, Kathy? Listening to the two of y'all go back and forth and back and forth. And I can't get a word in edgewise. So I just decided to be like one of the people and listen. Okay. I'm just y'all, y'all talked about me so much in the beginning. <laughs> oh, wow. My feelings are hurt. No. <laughs> I'm just listening because I talk to you, um, Kimberly, all the time. And I get to talk to Dr. Craig all the time. So Mm -hmm. I was allowing the two of you all to talk. Well, thank you. Yes, I I am so excited to be here. And when Kathy said, hey, you want to do this thing? I said, sure. I didn't even know what the thing was. (laughs) Yes, Yes, I did. It's just us uh, talking about our dogs. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. We've been doing it for a long time. Oh, I have a new. Are we still talking about spading and neutering? No, we don't have to. We can be (laughs) Okay. All right. So. I got this new thing I'm supposed to do with Jackson, um, March 6th, and I'm I'm not sure he's going to be able to to accomplish this. I got to go to a hockey game. Never been to a hockey game. Don't like hockey. Oh, did I say that? Excuse ice me. hockey? Ice hockey. I don't know anything about ice hockey. Wear a coat. It's going to be cold in there. Well, they want Jax to, to do something with the puck, the first puck. Drop what? the puck. So it's called Paws and Pucks, and it's okay. the Charleston Stingrays. Okay. And we've got, we're in the chill zone. 
These are things that I have I don't, memorized. We're, we're all just confused. It's like, okay. So, <laughs> so how is this little feet going to be protected? Yeah. That's, well, girl, now, you know, I got grippers. <laughs> I got, okay, so, so, I, I got okay. rubber grippers for the ice that okay. um, look like balloons. Okay. Yeah. I remember that. But I still don't think that that's not, I think that's, that's not going to help him with the slip slide in a way. Well, they and have then, snow boots for dogs. And then check this out. You expected me to go out on the ice with him. <laughs> yeah, that's that. See, that's a show. Get that visual. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, Kathy, have you ever been ice skating? Yes, I have, but not at okay. 65. Then you'll be fine. I cannot. Yeah, that's what y'all say. And the next thing I bet you'll be fine at first. They have to have a way because they have people do that all the time. Right. So they have to have a way at the beginning where it's not so slippery. I hear you. But this is me. (laughs) Keep that that in mind. Do I have to to go back four episodes when I was crying because my doctor told me I was obese? My balance and stuff could be off, but no. So, um, I'm just curious as to how that's all going to work. But yes, I do have some, um, something to protect his his paws. That okay. was a that was a given. Um, so I'm watching a little video of paws and pups and trying to see what they want the dogs to actually do. But none of them are wearing boots. They're saying drop the pup. You don't understand. If you give Jax the pup, he's not going to drop it till we get home. So y'all better have a second. Y'all better have a second pup. Uh, um, but um, he's going to come home with a souvenir. I'm not sure. So the chill zone is like their um, VIP box. Okay. But in hockey, the chill zone is that place all the way down in the front with the plexiglass in front of it. Oh yeah. And I think the cheering, the puck hitting that wall. The people banging oh. up against the wall is going to be too much for Jack. He already has, um, you know, he's got some war wounds just from the cannon and the football games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if it's a noise that does not come naturally with any kind of um, natural warning to him, you know, like thunder and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it, it's it's going to be too much. So the best I can do is have him <clears throat> run away with the puck in his mouth. And then we just run straight to the parking lot and yeah. get in the car and come back home. That's about the best that I could do. I don't. Okay. Okay. Can don't you go, can you like, else. do they, can you go to a different game like beforehand just to see what it's like? Why would I want to? I, I don't have any interest in hockey. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing this because I love my job. But um. No, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Okay, so so I'm looking at the thing, and it's a bunch of people in, sitting in the audience with their yeah, pets. with their dogs. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. What about? Can you borrow somebody else's dog? <laughs> now, what I can do borrow, is borrow Kimberly's dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's that'll be even worse. Did you no. see six of them? I have four dogs. Four, okay, four. And there, and I, can, I can't even tell you how badly all of it, it. It will go badly, just in very different ways for each dog. Kimberly lives in <laughs> Jurassic Park. I do. 
Wait, that's where the dinosaurs are? <laughs> she has, she's got ponds and giant mushrooms that you I live up here over. in the Pacific Northwest, in the gorgeous Pacific Northwest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. you can visit visit my acupuncture friend in uh, mm-hmm. Washington State. I certainly could. Yep. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm an hour north or 45 minutes north of Seattle. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> There are other dogs that are going, other therapy teams. So mm-hmm. um, if Jax gives me that look like, um, no, thank you. Then, <laughs> well, that's uh, good. I'll give yeah. his grippers to somebody else. <laughs> and well, say it doesn't look like they go out on the ice at all. It's they're sitting in the stands. No, they're sitting in the stands. But no, this is they've asked me to bring Jax out to do something with this puck. So um, uh, just stay tuned. Yeah, you know, and I'll I'll let you know if we were a huge hit or a huge failure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, maybe a third one would be a huge no show. Uh, (laughs) But that's that's probably um, that's probably it. Um, Suzanne. Yes. Let's go back on topic. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Not about the seasons. Okay. Not about the seasons. No seasons. So this is going to sound bizarre, but I really just want to know. Humans have the ability to reverse sterilization sometimes. Is that ever a possibility with dogs? It could be if you knew ahead of time. So you could do a vasectomy. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what some people are encouraging people to do instead of doing the traditional spay and neuter to do a vasectomy or with a girl, um, t- tie the tubes. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that way, but it's they, really they retain the, the hormones, but it's yeah, really, it really should be the males that you do the vasectomy. Yeah. With. And yeah. it's just very expensive compared to a re- traditional one. So yeah. I, cause I see a lot of people you know, of course, because everyone on social media is an expert. Um, someone will <laughs> post a picture of their puppy and uh-huh. make the mistake of asking a question of when do you think, <laughs> hey, strangers who are not qualified to tell me anything about medical medically about my dog, when do you think I should have my dog spayed or neutered? And then you get 157 question, comments telling oh, you wow. what she should do, all completely different. Wow. <laughs> and, and, um, yeah. <laughs> now, you know, to clarify, I wouldn't recommend getting a vasectomy and then expecting somebody to go back in and un- undo it. If you're going to do that, then the expectation is it's a permanent fix. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I figured, I'm curious to know, like, if that's something that's more common in a, the breeding world rather than just the average pet parent, simply because. I mean, I would, I didn't even know to ask for anything other than a spay or a neuter until I started blogging and reading about all this other stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it, the wonderful thing about veterinarians is they're trained to do all sorts of surgeries, even a general practitioner. So you might be able to find one who is willing to do a vasectomy. <laughs> it is definitely doable. The, yeah. the tubes are big enough. Yeah. They're just expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But the question would be why? Yeah. That's what I would say. Why, why would you want to yeah. do that? Well, I have an answer for you. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> if I were a very, very wealthy woman 
that had a dog um, that I loved to death and wanted to have another one, I could see myself because I have endless money and endless resources. It's sort of like the people who clone their animals. Uh, It's it's sort of, that's how, I mean, and if you're listening to this and you have reversed a vasectomy and you're had a completely legit reason, this isn't about you. This is just about me and my fantasy world of what I would do. And that's, that's the only time I could think that it would make sense is that, you know, cause like, you know, blue in your fantasized sanctified mind, this is what you mm-hmm. thought of. Yeah. Cause I think I always think of blue, my, you know, our dog that we, that passed away eight years ago, um, you know, how, if we loved, he was the perfect dog. He was so amazing. Wow. And, and it would be like, if I found out where the, um, like the, the dogs that br- were bred to create him and mm. it's like, oh, but we had him, <laughs> I guess I, we had him fixed. And it's like, well, can we undo that and get him breeding? No, again? no. Cause I told you <laughs> I had you better I, off getting him cloned. Yeah. I had that option. Remember, because I Mm -hmm. we talked at endless nights when Leo died. um, Leo's breeders contacted me and they offered to bring his parents out of retirement and mate them for me to get another puppy. And I was all excited. And then I said, oh, uh uh-uh. I started having like Alfred Hitchcock moments in my mind. (laughs) And I said, no. Mm -hmm. And then about Eight or nine months later, they called and said, different dogs, but I swear this puppy is just like Leo. Come and take a look at him. Mm-hmm. And that's wow. how I brought Jack's home. Yeah. But okay. they did. They offered to, to bring yeah. these two dogs out of, and I was so excited. And then the more I thought about it, the more I didn't think that this was what I was going to want. Right. And I said, my luck is it's not going to be anything like Leo. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm nothing like my sister. Well, that's just it. Is that that's, and that's so? Yeah, that's same it. parents. Yeah, yeah. So and, another thing that, um, if you decided to go the vasectomy route, um, what I would recommend is uh, banking the sperm. Oh yeah, you can do IVF later. Oh, in, this is in just all fertilization. And that is really that I have heard of that happening because I knew someone that got a dog. um, I think she got a a, what is it called? A border collie is someone in Australia that got a border Mm -hmm. collie. And I think the like one of the parents was in America Mm -hmm. and that parents owner kept all the sperm banked and just shipped it over and to where and did all that. And that was the first time I heard about that. It's easier to ship frozen sperm than it is the dog, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of paperwork to do international travel back and forth. So uh-huh. I've heard of that happening. So, yep. I mean, I, it's, it's so fascinating to me because it's like the breeding world when you really start diving into what it takes to be a really good breeder, it looks nothing like the backyard breeder. It's like, there is no comparison at all. It looks nothing. I mean, the, the amount of work that people put into these dogs and caring for them and then the puppies. And I am fascinated with puppy culture. I mean, I just, I want a puppy just so I can do puppy culture. Our um, rescue group now does that. And we have all the we have the, you know, the calendar where it's like at this age, you need to expose them to these things. And um, we're doing all of that. And it's pretty fascinating. And I wish I would have um, 
had that type of education when Rodrigo was a puppy, because I'm curious to know if he would have the anxiety and fears that he has today. So let's see, let's see if we can make all your dreams come true. Ooh, okay. So you've always been fascinated with Jax. So Suzanne can get his sperm. (laughs) And what am I going to do with this sperm? And then then whenever you... um, Who veterinary ones? Hi, baby. Just all time. He's coming. He does this every Saturday. Or he lets us know when the podcast is over. Because oh, that's that's what he's doing. It's yeah. dinner time. I have to. I just have to. Wow. Okay. I another picture. I mean, just like it is so funny because it's just like we do that every time. He just stands there staring with that dead stare. <laughs> he, like, has, he has a little watch on. I know. He's like, it's very angry. Doesn't he look angry? I mean, His he, eyes are all splitting. I don't feel that he looks angry. I just feel like he's very judgy. Put him oh, on, like, yeah. take, put the picture on Facebook, Kimberly. Because, I will. Oh, and then he, he walked left. away. I know. He's, 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 he's like, I said what I need to say. That's right. And you know, but you don't want Jackson sperm now? <laughs> I, I, I won't even charge you. And then you can do your puppy culture. I just feel like it's, it's weird. and I don't want to do that. So you'll have to go to the right veterinarian. Not every veterinarian will be able to do IVF. I mean, there's, if breeders, if you, as you were taught, as you were saying, the backyard breeder is not the kind of breeder we're talking about here. We're talking about these folks who really invest in their, in their dogs. And that's one of the reasons why they're selling for such high prices. Huh. <laughs> because they're also the ones who are getting the correct vaccinations before they release the dog to the new owner. Mm-hmm. They uh, they uh, make sure that all the fecals are done, all the preventatives are given. And then to if they have to ship them across country, then that's a whole nother expense. There are there are a lot of expenses in raising puppies. Yeah, absolutely. I remember. <laughs> I, just oh, can't. I can't. He came closer. <laughs> oh my God. And he has a friend. Uh, it's, it's like a, have you seen that commercial where this is like a clown or keeps walking closer and closer? In the <laughs> well, yeah, I, I never heard him. I, I, I didn't even. <laughs> oh. Okay, so, so this is my first um, foray into this. So, so what happens now? What well, now, we well, now we wrap up the podcast. Okay, because so, it's time. I, it's time for him to eat. He he is our producer, and he has come in, and he's like, wrap it up. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> it, it, was, it was fun. <laughs> oh, oh, did you get a photo, Kimberly? Yes, I did. I, oh, I need this. Oh, hard wow. to tell you. You, you okay. just 